good afternoon. It's been a few days since we've had a podcast. Welcome back to Reflective Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Faith, and I'm excited this afternoon. We have a special guest, Pastor Mike Green of Cornerstone Baptist Church here in Biscay, North Carolina, and we're super excited to have him. We're going to be talking about Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and the wisdom of Solomon that he provides us. All right. So, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, I am uh, Mike Green, pastor here at Cornerstone Baptist, and uh, it's my pleasure to be with you. And so, let's go ahead and uh, pray over the word that we're about to study. Father, we just thank you, God, for what it is that you do in our lives, Lord. We thank you for the uh, uphill battles, Lord. We thank you for the plateaus, Lord. We thank you for your grace, God. We just ask, Father, that you would uh, be with us now as we study your word, Lord. Help us to enlighten us, Lord, what you would have us to know and understand. And Lord, we'll just give you all honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So again, we are going to study the book of Ecclesiastes. And if you guys want to turn there, we're going to start at chapter 1. And we're going to begin, and I'll read, we're going to read verses 1 through 11. And then we're going to discuss and kind of talk about those. And we'll go from there. The words of the preacher, the son of David, in Jerusalem, vanities of all vanities, says the preacher, vanities of vanities, all is vanity. What advantage does man have in all his works which he does under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. Also, the sun rises and sets and hastens to its place. It rises there again, blowing towards the south. Then turning towards the north, the wind continues swirling along, and on its circular courses the wind returns. All the rivers flow into the sea, yet the sea is not full to the place where the rivers flow. There they flow again. All things are wearisome. Man is not able to tell it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. That which has been is that which will be. And that which has been, does, is that which will be done. So there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one might say, see this, it's new. Already it has existed for ages, which were before us. There is no remembrance of earlier things, and also the latter things which will occur, there will be for them no remembrance among those who will come later still. So, Pastor Mike, some of the things, like I said, when we chatted earlier, I first started reading this um, because I really am enjoying reading Proverbs privately. And, you know, this is written by King Solomon, and he's supposed to be the wisest man, you know, getting all this wisdom from the Lord. You know, he he could have asked for anything, and he asked for wisdom. And here he is saying that, Life is futile. Life is pointless. Life is in vain. And I'm sitting here thinking, wow, that's, you know, you come from a man explaining all of these different proverbs and all of these things of how to be wise, how to do right things. And he's saying it's all pointless. You know, where do we go with that? But then I kind of went into a little bit more digging and talked about how vanity is actually an emptiness, you know, and you know, it's an emptiness that we have within us. And, you know, how? what do you think as 
you go in that chapter and you start there. And then we'll break down, we'll go a few verses at a time. Okay, so um, one thing that, that many times that I've read this book, and uh, one thing that Solomon has is he has that reputation for being so wise. And we take uh, we take that and say, well, he's the wise. Then a lot of times we make jokes about he had all these wives and he had all these concubines. And how wise really could he have been? Right. So when we look into that, we we, though we know he had wisdom. We know that come from God. But then we also look at him. He was also a man. Right. And so he was searching, as we talked about earlier. He, he was searching for something, and he had an emptiness that he was trying to fill. And then we, we come out of Proverbs, and we see all this cool stuff, you know, and we can read it, and we're comforted, and it gives us encouragement. And then we get to Ecclesiastes, and we're like, what happened to this dude? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, so is this the same guy? Which also brought many uh, of the uh, canonizers from years ago to really study Ecclesiastes because there was a question, was Solomon actually the author of Ecclesiastes? And, and we know that it was later on in life that he decided because wisdom, though you may be wise when you're young, you're really wise when you start to get old. And so what he uh, kind of put together for us was a picture of his life and what he really thought of all of his gains that he had. Because we know that, that his his life was ordained and 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 uh, kind of predicted by God, and his every step that he took was uh, was though we can read in Proverbs and back in, in and further back into the Old Testament and see different things about it. We know that he was on a path to seek God, right? And um, so then he pop, he hits us in the head with the. Ecclesiastes, we're like, oh man. Well, it's what? like, whoa, yeah. what happened? Yeah. I mean, where, where did you lose your faith? <laughs> That's right. Where, yeah. What yeah. happened? What was your What was your point in that? You know? Right, and, and I think that a lot of people can actually relate to that because there are instances in which you know we're going smooth, we're, we're right there, yeah. we're on that mountaintop, right. and then all of a sudden, disappointment hits. This mundane, routine, cycle, cycle kind of thing happens, and we're disappointed because it's like, okay, we went through all of these steps, and we should have achieved something, or we should have gotten something great, and I'm at the end, and it's not great. Yeah. So, and and I almost feel like a lot of people can relate to Solomon at that point, Mm -hmm. that even in our own lives, whether we're teachers, preachers, students, you know, individuals, business owners, whatever, we're all searching for something. And I didn't realize that we can all feel empty, even though if we have Christ in our life, there are times that we can feel an emptiness that maybe we've fallen away from Christ. Maybe our relationship with Christ is not where it should be. And and that emptiness starts to creep in and and we start wondering, well, what's going on? So... Um, let's look on, on down a little bit further where he talks about what advantages does man have in all his work, which is under the sun. And one thing I want to point out here, when I was doing my study and when it said under the sun, in Ecclesiastes, and please correct me if I'm wrong, I think he talks about under the sun 29 times yeah. in the book of Ecclesiastes. And I think that's important to recognize, like you said earlier, you know, we think of him as all this wisdom, but we have to understand he was human right. and he could only see 
what was before him under the sun. And I think a lot of times as Christians, we forget that perspective. And we have to step back and recognize that God's got a greater perspective for our lives. And that's where our faith comes in. That's where our trust comes in. That we have to start seeking things above the sun. Yeah. That we might not understand. Yeah. You yeah. Know, so. Absolutely. And that advantage there also, uh, where he talks about the, the labor there. Hey. Sorry. <laughs> uh, when he's talking about the, when he's talking about the advantage there, uh, when he says, what does one game of the toil? Um, what, it, what is the gain? And then in another interpretation, like I said, what advantages does a man have for his work? That and that work there does not just mean what you labor for in your job. This is your life. This is this is from cognitive understanding of I'm a human being forward. Right. Uh, no matter how long that is, whether it's a sixty years or hundred years, that the work that he's talking about right there is what we've done in our whole life, whether it was when we were working or playing ball or going to school or just being in a marriage or being in a relationship, uh, with, no matter if it's secular or whether you're in some type of a, a Christian role or a leader in a church or something, these works. So, what are the advantages of it? So, if I played if I played football in high school, all right, but I didn't go on to play college ball. So he's saying, well, what's the use in playing? You know, what's the use in playing it in high school if you're not going to go on and play it in college? What advantages are, are there? And I believe that advantage there is is that because I believe God has us in a classroom in each stage of our life. And I believe that that the advantages that there are there, and I'm not saying I can answer for Solomon. I mean, he's a really wise guy. But I think those advantages are what we learn and that we can take into the next stage of life. Yes. And and as an educator, I appreciate you using the classroom (laughs) analogy there. And um, I agree. I think that we are in that, you know, classroom sense that whether it is relationships or whether it is our role in church, maybe our role in our family, whether we're the parent, whether we're the child, whether we're the husband or the wife, it's those things and those situations that we're faced with mm-hmm. on that daily basis that improves our wisdom and, and goes forward. Yeah, so absolutely. I do think they are there are advantages, but then again, if we have, let's say we have someone that's an atheist and mm-hmm. God's not real and it's just after you die, you die. Yeah. There's nothing. There's yeah. nothingness. Now, let's ask that same question. What is the advantage to that person? None. There's none. No hope, no nothing. There, there's nothing. And to me, that's a very sad, very dark, very, sad. very depressing point to look at because a lot of times in my personal life and in the growth and in the different classrooms that I've been in um, and that's figuratively God has been my life that's right. you know God has been my guidance yeah. and I would have hated to face those situations without some sort of hope that absolutely. it's going to get better yeah absolutely you know, and I know that you've listened to my podcast, and my very, very first one was Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Yep. You know, and that that verse has stuck with me so much, and I have used that verse in so many different 
instances, so many different forms. Mm -hmm. And that birds is a promise. I know that you and I have done the group and, you know, we've got that uh, space acronym. And it says, is there a promise? Well, in that verse particularly, there's a promise of hope. Absolutely. You know, so, all right, moving along so that we don't take everybody's time. We want to really dig deep, but make it good as well. So I really like the different analogies that he gives with the sun rising and setting, the blowing of the wind, the different changes of the seasons, the river flowing, all of that. And it's it's talking about a cycle and that what has been has already been. And and we can't remember it because, and and to me that brings to mind, and I'm going to bring a little bit of politics and and some of the world stuff that's going on in here, because I feel like this scripture can help us um, to the fact that, um, we're living in a society that doesn't want to recognize, you know, there's, there's talk of climate change, talk of climate manipulation, there's talk of, you know, we're not teaching history in public schools like history has used to happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're living in a woke society that's wanting to change definitions of everything. And the fact of the matter is, is, again, without that fulfillment, that emptiness, I almost feel like society is doing those types of things because they themselves, as a whole, are in a search for something. No, they absolutely. Um, everybody that in, in my ministry here in, in Bisco, so uh, we have our ministry here at Cornstone, and then I started an urban outreach ministry. And so, really, I just walk neighborhoods, and I talk to people, and everybody is looking for something. And this is, and you mentioned it a little bit, is, is God is the light. And in uh, uh, John 8, 12, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. I think that's right. John 8, 12. Yeah. He says, I'm the light of the world. So this is taken from Solomon here and then going forward these many years and saying, okay, so what is it about? Well, it's to get us to Christ because that ultimately is what, it, when we say, well, I can't do it anymore. Jesus says, well, uh, uh, my yoke my is light. You know, it, you know, put your first, burdens on me. yeah, put your burdens on me. First Peter five says, says, cast, cast all your cares, all your anxieties, all your depression, all your issues, cast them onto him because he cares for you. And, and that's what I get with so many people. And, and even going back to the vanities, which a lot of people focus on the vanities we'll here when he, he talks about that. But really, when we get down here to your point, get down here with the, 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 the streams and the wind and everything that goes in it. What is it all for? It's for God's glory. Right. It's for God's glory. Uh, he says there that the, the streams run to the seas, but the sea is not full. So why even run to the sea if you're not going to fill that up? You know, but it's like we talked about earth, that cycle. As it, as it goes back into the atmosphere and it rains again and it runs to the streams and it just, you know, God created a a a perfect world, a, a operating that operates perfectly, and so um, well, th- and those are the advantages. There are more again, you know. Right. One thing that just popped in my mind as you were saying that that cycle is almost creating a new opportunity every time, a new chance. Absolutely. And you know, with God sending His Son Jesus Christ, that's our new opportunity. That's our new chance because with sin being brought into That's the right. world right. at the very beginning, that tarnished everything. Mm-hmm. That and it made it all vain. 
That's where the vanities came in, was when that sin came in. And, you know, him given that new opportunity for us as Christians, oh my gosh, it gives me cold chills. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's just amazing. It's amazing because we can see here in Ecclesiastes that ongoing cycle that he creates to keep the world perfect Mm -hmm. and to bring his children back to him. He gave his perfect son in that cycle to fulfill. And then even take that even look at the cycle of his death and resurrection. You know, he had to live his life. He had to be born of a virgin to be perfect. He had to die perfect and be crucified and completely dead. And then he rose again for our salvation. And that's a perfect cycle. Yeah. Just to give us life and that hope yeah. at the end so that we're not living in vain or we're not living a pointless life. Yeah, absolutely. So then it goes a little bit further. Um, we'll finish up with verses 10 and 11 where it's talking about, is there anything that one might say is new? And I think 10 and 11 really hunkers down on the fact of the emptiness that we may feel as individuals. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so in, in 10, he says, is there anything of which one might say, see this, see this, it is new. Already it has existed for ages, which were before us. So there is nothing new. But there, there are stages where these these things that we have not known are revealed. Right. And as we go into that, you know, as a as a teacher, as a pastor, or whatever, uh, a football player, you know, what they knew when they were rookies versus when they retire. Right. You know, it's a it's there's just stages. Yeah, these things already exist. Just uh, I mean, his words plainly says that it exists, but that doesn't mean that they're revealed at that moment. To each individual person. And I think the Solomon here is he sits there and he's looking over the kingdom and I just imagine him looking sitting on the porch looking over this place, saying, you know, I've got this and I've got that and I've got all of these things, but really what is it all for? And there again it points back to God's glory. God's glory is revealed in Christ. I mean we see God's glory all the time, you know. Right. Uh, we know of a Godhead. And so but it's it's revealed in Christ as Christ dies like you said, the perfect death. You know, he lives a perfect life, dies a perfect death, resurrected, and then goes on to teach even more before he ascends. And then there, again, sets up that opportunity for salvation for each one of us so that the circle can continue. We get salvation. What do we do with it? We don't hide it under a bush, no. right? We take it out, and right. we, we give it to people. And then somebody asks me, and I say, well, what's it all for? Well, it's for God's glory. And there is going to be a time where everybody is going to have to stand before God. Mm-hmm. Everybody. If, if they don't make it to the judgment seat of Christ when they step out of here into life, into eternal life. Right. On the day of the great white throne judgment, everybody's going to say, well, I didn't believe none of that. Well, you know, sorry about your luck, Holmes. And uh, we just have to just take it and, and, and go and then show the love that God has shown. Solomon didn't realize at this point. He didn't realize Christ. He had heard the prophecies. Sure. But, they, but, but even even when Christ got here, they was like this insane people. Yeah. Like, no, you're not the Messiah home. We're right. we still waiting on that dude. Right. But truthfully, there it is. And when it's revealed sometimes, even then, when when we see it, sometimes it's hard for us to believe. But then that revelation that we have in our life that God God shows us. And so and then going on to eleven, there is no remembrance of earlier things. And also the latter things which will occur. 
there will be, uh, what's he say there? He says, there, there will be for them no remembrance among those who come later still. And so, let's just face it, in a hundred years, ain't a whole lot of people going to be talking about faith and might. Right, faith and might is going to be long history. They're not going to be talking about it. So so we have come, we have gone. And that's just the way the cycle works. The water runs to the ocean, it cycles back around. Right. But let's look at this. They might not be talking about faith and might, but if faith and might have done what God has commanded us to do with the Great Commission, hopefully in 100 years, whether it's our children, great-grandchildren, great-great-great, for the opportunity to be together and all that you do lord we give you all honor and praise help us now to take this word out and put uh, in our hearts lord and let others see that what you have provided for each of us lord in the knowledge the wisdoms of those that came before us lord as we read their writings god help us to uh, take it discern it lord and to uh, deliver it to those that need it the most in christ's name amen amen have a great evening